Okay, we're, we're going to start this a little bit differently uh, this week. Um, you know, a lot of guys, you know, the knock on professional wrestling, to be honest, it's fake. That's the, the biggest thing they do on they do us as wrestling fans, right? It's fake. A uh, little bit of realism happened, though, in the world of wrestling. Um, they say in the world of professional wrestling, when you encounter the fiend, Bray Wyatt, uh, you become a changed person. Daniel Bryan, Alexa Bliss, uh, who else? Someone else just uh, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins snapped after he it got to John Cena. Now John Cena, okay, was with Nikki Bella for how long? <laughs> against getting married and against getting married, and I don't want to get married. I don't want to get married. They finally separate. He has an encounter with the Fiend. That was the last time we saw John Cena. Now he's marrying this new girl. He's dated for less than what, like six months. <laughs> it changes people, folks. Welcome to the Essential Wrestling Podcast, episode 24. Where it's real here, you do not want to encounter the fiend. Uh, we're going four strong right off the bat here. Uh, we will go counterclockwise, I guess, from the bottom left. Ryan Joy from Men'sWalkTime.com. How's everything going today, pal? Very good, very good. In honor of PWI, I've got my Kabuki Warriors shirt on. Yeah, yeah, I know. You showed me that earlier. I miss Kyrie so much. I hope she's doing well. Uh, back home overseas. Um, in the bottom right corner will be the first ever PWP champion, the living legend, John DeCani. John, how are things today, pal? Uh, not too bad. Pleasure to be aboard as always. Yeah, and this thing is a, as our senior impact correspondent, happy bound for glory, pal. This is your episode. I expect you to shine later on. Um, <laughs> and in the top right corner, as always, John Smith. How are things going today? I am still recovering from that that egg I laid in fantasy football against you this weekend. I apologize about that. You know my team's better than that. <laughs> hey, and I didn't even have Russell Wilson going this yeah. week. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> off. Absolutely off. Well, right, whatever. Uh, still, it's, you know, one loss ain't going to win a championship run here. But, yes, we are uh, episode 24. Uh, like I said, we were discussing in, in, in pre-production. This is our Snoop Dogg driving down the aisle in a Mercedes-Benz golf cart as the host of uh, Playboy, uh, the Playboy Lumberjack Mania match, or whatever it was, I can't remember. Um, this is our Floyd Mayweather knocking out the big show with a pair of brass knucks episode. And then uh, this is our Belfast Brawl. You, a lot of people forget, you know, Bradshaw and Finley. <laughs> sure, give a Belfast Brawl. Why not? Um, on today's episode... Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Lana is not the best. Lana is not number one. Look better than Swole, though. <laughs> uh, Moxley, Sheeta, Cody, and FTR, all the successful title defenses on the first anniversary show. Uh, Jey Uso got a couple licks in on the big dog on SmackDown. Uh, the Gargandos have to spin the wheel and make a deal uh, next week at Halloween Havoc. Uh, Gary Mihefi is back with us this week uh, to discuss the huge tag team main event match that was last Thursday on NXT UK, plus go over everything that is the uh, the Heritage Cup tournament that's taking place. Ryan Joy, who already introduced, he's on screen right now, but he will be back later on as well to discuss the conclusion of the G1 Climax, a 37-minute final at 3 in the morning. I don't know how you guys do it, Ryan, but man... Uh, plus the Ring of Honor Championship Tournament, the Pure Championship Tournament, that's still going on as well. We have our semifinals uh, matches set for that. I'm going to reveal number 23 of my top 30 favorite WrestleMania matches of all time. 
Uh, as we continue our countdown to WrestleMania 37, we are 23 weeks away. Uh, so get excited about that. The showcase of the immortals at the end of March. Uh, we make our pitch for this week's upcoming shows presented by MinutesToBellTime.com and Ryan Joy. All of the stats and the graphics are provided by him. Thank you very much, Ryan. Um, and as always, they're sponsored by ProWrestlingPickin.com. Play against your friends. Play against the universe. Um, and included into those picks uh, will be today's main event, which we're going to pick the winners of Sunday's Hell in the Cell. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, Impact has Bound for Glory this weekend. This is their WrestleMania. This is the biggest show that they put on the calendar year. So get excited. Spoiler alert, double points going for Bound for Glory. Join the Central Wrestling Podcast Court played against us. Um, or just you can just create a pool with your friends. Or just go all the, the gambling needs you want at ProWrestlingPickin.com. Not that I'm promoting gambling. It's for entertainment purposes only. How about that? There you go. Uh, we're going to lead off the show um, as we did uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, uh, they came out with the top 500 uh, men. Uh, they ranked the top 500 men in professional wrestling, um, as they do every year. And they do the women as well. The women came out. Um, oh, I don't have it. Anyway, uh, the top 100 women came out. And uh, with no surprise, really, I think... Um, this was a little bit more obvious than John Moxley. Uh, Ryan Joy, I know you want to sit in and chime in on this. Uh, Bailey, she's been champion for over a year now. She's been champion and dominating. I think she's beat the, the old SmackDown roster pre-draft. She beat them twice each, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, reason for her not to be number one here. Yeah, if you take out the 11 days that Charlotte was champion, Bailey has been that SmackDown champion for 410 days or so. Um Dominant reign. She was had the tag titles. To me, I think it's obvious. I think a lot of people are going to be annoyed because they they are kind of sick of Bailey. But but um, to me, it's a fairly obvious choice. Yeah, like ding dong. Hello, number one, John Smith. <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, to me, Oscar will always be number one. But uh, I mean, Bailey definitely deserves it. You know. Um, you know, I like to see EO up there. I didn't notice what her number was, but I hope EO is pretty high up on the list, too. Nine. Yeah, we, uh, we have the graphic right here. John DeConnick can let you chime in first. Here are the top five. Like I said, Bailey, the current, um, and like I said, reigning SmackDown champion for as long as we can remember. Uh, Becky Lynch was, uh, she came in at number two, even though uh, taking time off um, since uh, April, since after WrestleMania 36 due to her pregnancy. Asuka came in at number three. She's been running rough shots since Becky left. Uh, Her Highness the Queen, Charlotte Flair, coming in at number four. Sasha Banks, number five. Uh, all four horsemen in the top five here, John DeConi. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, there's really nothing to complain about here. I might have put Asuka above Becky Lynch just because Becky's taking some time off. But yeah, there's really not much to say about that top five. Pretty much what you would expect and all well-deserved. Yeah, deserved. yeah I, I, think I, gotta, I think for the past over money, I, I know Ronda Rousey was in it the past couple of years as well. Uh, but it's, seriously, those are the those are the top five. Those are the best in the biz. I mean, I don't think there's any margins here. I'm just trading places on who has a better year here and there, or the other thing. And then uh, Ryan, real quick, just I forgot to mention this. Um, this is from October. Uh, yeah, October first through September thirtieth. Yes, October first, September thirtieth. You have the criteria again? I don't know. It's, I do. Um, championships won, quality of opposition, technical proficiency, win loss record. Overall activity, momentum, 
promotional push. And in the case of Becky Lynch, they did note that she learned how to drive a 16-wheeler during the evaluation period. That she did. I believe she pulled up a 16-wheeler at WrestleMania a couple of Raws before that. Um, going into numbers 6 through 15, um, AEW Women's Champion, she came in at number 6. She's had a great year. Tessa Blanchard was stuck in Mexico. That didn't stop her from coming in at number 7. Uh, being a, a men's world champion, I guess you really can't. You know, if you're, if you're running a men's division, too, I guess that's going to throw you in the top 10. Uh, the first ever AEW champion, Rio, at number eight. Io Shirai at nine. Uh, Mayu Iwatani, uh, Ryan Joy. <laughs> For those that don't speak Lucha Underground, I spy the Black Lotus triad here. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, this, uh, this positioning six through uh, ten um, makes sense to me. You know, Shida had like a very dominant run to champion. Tessa, same thing. Uh, Riho, the first ever champion, which happened as soon as the evaluation period started. Um, Io Shirai comes into her own. She did a moonsault off a cage during this evaluation. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there you go. John Smith, Rhea Ripley at number 11. John DeConi, Jordan Grace at number 12. Woohoo! Uh, those are your two girls, your top two girls right there from your respective companies. And you got Shayna Baszler at 13, who had a great year. Thunder Rosa. Um, again, who's just shined recently, but she's been, you know, NWA champion for a while now. Kimberly, uh, that kind of shocks me, but I guess uh, she was killing it in the independent scene uh, before she got the impact, or else maybe I don't, can't understand why she'd be ranked that high if she wasn't. Um, so good for her. Uh, then we got uh, 16 through 25 here Nyla Rose, Ty Valkyrie. Oh, this is going to be confusing. We got Kaylee Ray and Kylie Ray. Uh, 18, 19, Nikki Cross with a great year, 20. There's Kyrie. There's the, the other third of the Black Lotus Triad. For those who don't know the Black Lotus Triad, it was the Iwatani uh, girl. I've never heard her. I've never seen other than that. Uh, but the other two were Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai. So the three of them are killing, each, uh, killing people in Lucha Underground for a little bit. That was a lot of fun. The Good Doctor at 22. Uh, Bianca Belair, 23. Look for her to go top 10 next year. That's a call there. Uh, Dakota Kai, Alvin K. John DeConi. Your thoughts on this? Uh, I love, uh, you know, this whole grouping's full of really talented women. Uh, of course, I love seeing uh, Jordan there at number 12 and uh, Shayna, one of my other favorites at 13. Up here in the, uh, you know, bumping up against 25. Yeah, I think uh, 22 and 23 will both be uh, inside the top 15, maybe even the top 10, I imagine, by next year. Yeah, they have, they, they've already been shooting off Bianca Belair. There's, I don't see any reason why. Um, I think 23 is a good spot with her, considering I think she's uh, her uh, the eight eliminations in a Royal Rumble. Uh, that is the all-time women's record. Her and Shayna Baszler both lost eight um, in last year's Women's Royal Rumble. But if you put eight even on the men's side, that's top ten uh, eliminations in a single Rumble. Uh, John Smith, we got a couple other notables here um, I wanted to put out there. Tegan Knox at 26, Alexa Bliss. Uh, 27, those are our two show favorites. Uh, they got Peyton Royce, Penelope Ford. They're up there as well. Uh, Nia Jax, we'll just throw in there. Uh, I just I never thought I'd ever use the number 69 and mention Nia Jax in the same sentence. Oh. Is there. <laughs> uh, so I forgot to put it up there. And why Zion Brookside wasn't rated, I don't know. I will be upset. She better be rated next year, PWI. Oh. Yeah, I, I, is, uh, was Deanna, Deanna Perrazzo anywhere? I will get to her in a second because John oh. Smith, we have our Jersey girls. 
There you go. She came in at number 30. Sonya Deville, who was recently unemployed, uh, quote-unquote, in at 56. Tasha Steeles from Newark and Impact in at 67. Uh, Liv Morgan from North Jersey, she uh, was went to SmackDown. She came in at number 84. Casey Catanzaro, um, again, uh, she hasn't. She didn't make the top 100. Looks for her to get on there next year. I feel like her and Caden Carter, um, they're gonna get something going eventually in NXT. I, I would have liked to have seen Perazzo go a little higher. I liked seeing Dakota and um, and Nikki Cross break that top 25, but I think Perazzo should have been in there too. Um, and just to correct you, you said Rhea Ripley's the top girl in NXT, but it's Io Shirai, buddy. Io Shirai, she's standard over there. Put some respect on her name. <laughs> it was Shirai Peter. So, right? She pinned her right in the middle of the race. Shirai's actually back one spot from last year. She was eight last year. Now she's not. Unbelievable. But, but Ripley is up from 35 to 11. So, there you go. Wow. Uh, and now it's that time. Is that bold? It's that, it's that time. Actually, Ryan, I know you're big on this. Uh, I know you said you bought the subscription uh, for this year's PWI's 100. Um, I actually purchased next year's. PWI 100, the two, uh, 2021 uh, top 100. And I don't mean to be that guy to spoil for everybody, but next year's number one ranked wrestler in the world uh, <laughs> is Eva Marie. Uh, pending on her return, uh, like I said, PWI is predicting this now. Um, Eva Marie will come back as number one. So that is uh, next year. Eva Marie number one and Rohit Raju. On the men's side, we'll go from number 405 <laughs> or 407, whatever number he was. Uh, he will dump 400 spots to the top 10. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to switch gears out here to AEW, who uh, just celebrated their first anniversary. So that was episode 53. If I'm correct, my math is correct. Right? They celebrated one year, 152. So that was 53rd episode. Um, John Smith. Uh, Lance Archer attacked John Moxley backstage earlier in the night. Uh, Moxley then fired back, and all of a sudden, this match is noticed qualification. Yeah, I mean, it's what this rivalry needed. It's probably what I mean, what the finish should have needed, but the finish didn't end with any sort of uh, you know, chicanery as far as steel chairs or tables or whatnot. They used that stuff, but not, not for the finish. Um, when, when Lance Archer w first won the battle royal. To, to get this shot, I was like, okay, he's the next champion. They're not going to have him get two shots at two titles and lose them both. But, you know, last week I changed my mind because I think they're going to make you pay for that. And I think they're, they're going to do this again, judged by the, the way they finished it with the roll-up and how Lance Archer yeah. kept beating them up. So, you know, they got a pay-per-view soon. So I'm hoping that this happens again and Lance Archer can hold that belt finally. Yeah, it's funny because is Mox Mox hit the paradigm shift right off the bat, right when the bell rang, and I would have died. I would have laughed hysterically if the match has ended right then and there. <laughs> out. Oh, and I was like, oh my god, this is over because who kicks out of that? I don't know how many people kick out of that, but yeah, he said it was a roll up. Uh, it was a uh, it was a reverse. Uh, Lance Archer was going for the blackout. Uh, Mox will reverse it for the pinfall. Um, Brian Joy. Cody, see, here's the thing. Cody's the grandson of a plumber, right? He sure prints the pro wrestling, even. Well, well that's, that's what I was exactly getting at, Ryan. When your father 
was the commonest of most of all common men representing the common folk specifically in a feud with somebody who was wearing a crown on their head and calling people peasants in a landmark feud back in 1990. Uh, yeah. I think it's a little contradictable that Cody calls himself the prince of anything. I don't think Bucky's happy right now. Yeah, that's true. I think the uh, the dream, the common man, is probably rolling in his grave. But um, but yes, uh, Prince of Pro Wrestling. You want me to go into the match here? Yeah, I just think maybe just like up and head, you know, macho, macho King Randy Savage put his crown on after that. It was nudging Dusty. Yes, get into the match. Yeah, yeah, you had a title fight against the Orange Castle. Yeah, so so uh, Peter Avalon and Brandon Cutler, they hold the the double DQ and the double countouts, the only two in AEW history. Uh, Pac and Omega have the only regular DQ. Uh, Cody, he's Mr. Draw. And I think we should have seen it coming from the moment they panned the camera to Darby Allen in the stands that the draw was coming. But, um, you know, decent match. Orange Cassidy had his first lockup um, right, as the, right as the uh, the match was coming to a close. You know, you could. I was there in the arena, and you could, even though I didn't have the commentary of us, them continuing to remind us about, you know, the time expiring and stuff, it, it was – evident to me that that's where it was going so um and it was a good i think it's a good finish i'm glad AEW used it because it doesn't hurt either guy and sets us up for another match well that's what i said they they, they rebooked this right away uh yeah. to go up against halloween havoc actually not not tomorrow night but they're doing this two weeks from uh two weeks from tonight uh tomorrow or next week to go up against halloween havoc on the 28th and darby will be on the stand for that too. Full gear. the winner gets darby allen at full gear i'm sorry ron i cut you off what was that no, I, yeah, I think, uh, it, yeah, and Darby Allen will probably be in the stands for, for that, to watch that match too. And um, that's a Halloween appropriate character to have in the stands. John <laughs> uh, DeConi, FTR uh, defeated the best friends to retain the tag team titles. This was not a 20 minute brush with glory. Uh, it was a full 60 minute limit match. It didn't go the full 60, thank God, because, you know, there's a lot of other matches that would have been canceled if it did. Yes, indeed. Yeah, uh, FTR started with the uh, skullduggery quite early. Charlie uh, tried to interfere. It backfired. Uh, Chuck uh, countered a sunset flip for a two count. Uh, then they hit the soul food half and half combo with a running knee for another two count. And then things broke down. They wound up outside the ring. Uh, a, a, a poor arcade machine, a machine got uh, destroyed. Uh, and that was just enough of a distraction uh, on the ref for uh, Cash to use uh, one of the championships on Trent and allow Dax to get the pinfall to retain the titles. Yes, uh, yeah, two things with that. Uh, one, you mentioned Soulful that kind of giggled because it's either called Soulful or Eat Defeat, which I think is kind of clever too. Which one do you like better, Donna Connie? I've, I've heard Soul Food more often, but Eat Defeat, I think uh, I, I definitely would give the nod to. Yeah, I think that was a Gail Kim. That was just just specifically for Gail Kim, right? Eat defeat. Yeah, I think uh, uh, maybe two weeks ago on Impact in '60. Uh, I think that was the first time I heard that. I saw her use oh, that. No. Yeah, <laughs> so it gave me a nice chuckle. Yeah, that move is punishing. Hey, hey. Um, <laughs> and and the second thing is that wasn't just anybody's arcade game. Um, that was it. Sounded it looked like something that Miro purposely purchased. For Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford, 
Uh, Mural was not happy. Not in the least. Um, so, yeah, Mural and Kip Saban actually had a match uh, right after that with Lee Johnson and uh, Sean Maluda. What up, Boost? He's uh, <laughs> <laughs> involved with that family. I wonder if he's going to be at Hell in the Cell recently in the, in the stands. Anyway, but uh, Mural made uh, Maluda tap out to uh, the game over. And like I said, Miro had the console order broken off in his hands. Uh, he's gunning right for the best friends now. So He called them the good friends. It was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. good friends, you break my bleep. Game over. <laughs> That's it, man. I do not want to be Chuck Taylor or uh, Trent Beretta right now. Wait, can I use Trent's last name? Is that, is that copyrighted? We're definitely going to get in a double, uh, double stacked game over at some point. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so uh, that ended uh, the AEW first anniversary show. Uh, we'll get to our standings at the end because yeah, I forgot there's a couple other things anyway. But um, not- there was a there was a tumbler in the ring, you know, Royal Rumble style, and they pulled out four tag teams uh, at random. And uh, these are the teams that were picked, and then they're going to have a fatal four way. Uh, this Wednesday, uh, where the winners will challenge FTR at full gear on November 7th. So we got uh, Private Party, we got the Young Bucks, we got the Butcher and the Blade, and we got Reynolds and Silver um, of the Dark Order. Uh, this is going to be a show, because you know if, if John Silver is involved, this is going to be a show. Uh, so Ryan Joy, we will start with you. Yeah, I remember why you're laughing. The smart money's on Reynolds and Silver, for sure. Yeah, smart money's on Reynolds and Silver. So we can go. I like all four of these teams, but, I mean, I, it, it just feels like we're going to the Young Bucks with this. Yeah, I, 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 going I mean, forever. Yeah, I'm going to jump the line here, too. I, I believe it was Matt Jackson even posted, too. All of his accolades. You know, this time, many junior tag team champions. This time, many world champions. Ring of Honor, this champion. This, 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 which means Reynolds and Silver are going to win. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't see any way this doesn't lead uh, to us finally getting that payoff of Young Bucks and FTR. Yeah, it's about that time. We've been saying this since FTR debuted. John Smith. Uh, I guess I got to go with you guys. I just don't know why they're doing this feud as, you know, heel-on-heel action. You know, like the Bucks are kind of tweeners right now, but they're leaning more heel, and I feel like they should have had them, you know, Build it up to more more of a hatred before they have this match. But maybe this could start the hatred. You know, said there's no reason why this feud has to end at full gear. So whatever, right. to be because I like your way of doing. To be continued, I like that. Um, interesting. Uh, MJF's big announcement. Uh, John the Connie, you were right. I I, I kind of I got I was the one that got it backwards. Uh, MJF wants to join the inner circle. Uh, Four guys said no, but the one guy that has the most pull in the inner circle, Chris Jericho, said we'll talk about it over dinner. So we have a dinner day on air uh, this Wednesday is also. Uh, a lot of questions going around social media. Um, who's picking up the check? Are they going to order dessert? <laughs> well, all that fun stuff. Will there be uh, mimosas? Will there be mimosas at dinner? Do you have mimosas at dinner? <laughs> Um, on the list of things I never thought I'd see in professional wrestling, Tony Schiavone got his chest waxed on television. Um, interviewing Britt Baker. Uh, the good doctor will be in action as well. She has an unnamed opponent. 
Uh, you got to be assuming that her and Sheeta is going to be coming up as well for full gear. There really is no reason um, to hold Britt Baker back anymore uh, now that, that she's healthy. And I tell you what, the, the doctor that worked on her nose did a pretty good job. And then, uh, speaking of Okara Shida, uh, she had the uh, she defeated Big Swole on the first anniversary on the first anniversary show with the Shining Wizard finish that she uses. Um, so she got the title retention. Uh, Matt Hardy and his, his family was there. Uh, Matt back being one hundred percent, and not for long because Sandy Guevara is not giving up on this feud, and he apparently wants to completely end Matt Hardy's career. Uh, so to be continued with that, um, and then the number one contenders tournament, the Eliminator tournament. Ryan Joy, uh, we'll start with you on this. Go around the horn anywhere you want to go here. It starts tomorrow night. Uh, these are the matchups here. Um, I know this is all you know. You kind of want to set up Kenny Omega and Adam Page, uh, but they're putting Penta and Fe- Penta, you my best friend, Penta and Ray Phoenix. Uh, going up against each other. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably going to be the match tonight. Uh, oh, I think 100%. That Pentagon and Phoenix match. Um, when you And then, obviously, kind of the picks that I think everybody's expecting to make is Omega and Paige, and then it doesn't really matter, probably maybe Jungle Boy. But, you know, kind of going off what John Smith said about the Young Bucks, I had I had this thought that maybe this maybe this whole tournament is to set up the Kenny Omega and Hangman Page match at full gear because they didn't win these matches. Okay, um, you're gonna go the other way with it, huh? I mean, there's no points on the line, so I might as well. Yeah, I'll might play. as well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, John the Connie, we'll put the the brackets back up for you, pal. Uh, who do you got in these? Uh, well, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be that guy and just go with Omega and Page and those two real quick. Uh, the Penta Phoenix match. I, I'm gonna go with Penta just being a former world champion, but uh, I mean, I don't think there's any wrong way of that one ending up. And uh, uh, let's say uh, let's say Wardlow to give either Omega or Page, uh, you know, a beast to have to beat on their way to the final. Yeah, he'd have to fight Hangman Page in the next round. These are where the brackets are going. John Smith. Um, yeah, I'm going with Page and Omega. Um, I think they're going to go with the upset for Jungle Boy over Wardlow in some sort of fashion. Maybe that'll branch them off into some feud so, you know, later on. And then, um, I mean, it's a coin flip on Penta and, and Ray, so I'll, I'll go with Ray Phoenix. Yeah, I'm gonna go Penta. Penta is my best friend. Um, I, I've loved Pentagon Penta L Zero M ever since Lucha on the ground. Not that I have anything against Ray Phoenix. If this was WWE, I think that would have no contest written all over it. Sure. And just get Kenny Omega the buy um, into full gear to fight Hangman Page. And I, I, I love Jungle Boy. Uh, it seems like every time we bet against him, he wins. But the you know, Warlords, that's that's a tough out right there. That's a tough. Very big size disadvantage for for Jungle Boy to overcome. So um, that will do it for the first anniversary show in AEW. This is how we all scored from our picks last week. Uh, Tyler didn't ring the bell. Uh, John Smith and I, we had the same picks. We went three and two, got nine points. Ryan Joy also went three and two, uh, but he did not. Yeah, he had Lance Archer, so that's how he got two less points. 
Uh, John DeConnie, who also had Lance Archer, didn't get those points as well. So it was a pretty good show, pretty good show. These standings are, uh, like I said, a little skewed. I know everybody's missing shows but mine, uh, but me. So, you know, just leave it, that, leave it at that. I'm not going to talk any trash about this one. So, um, Gentlemen, we are going to uh, pull you guys off screen for a little bit. We will be seeing all three of you very, very shortly. Um, feel free to go grab some groceries and uh, say hello to your loved ones. Uh, make sure the house is in order. Um, as we bring in, there we go. As we're going to bring in Gary Mehefi from overseas. Gary, top of the evening to you, buddy. We missed you last week. How are things going today? Oh, they're going well. They're going well. Everything's everything's grand. Feeling a wee bit ropey over the weekend, but all doing, doing better now. So glad to be back. Yeah, man. We're glad to have you. We missed you. And unfortunately, like I said, I know you had to have been a little upset. The reason you missed was Flash Morgan Webster got eliminated. I know that's what it was. I was in mourning for a week just that this didn't want to, you know, I couldn't face it. Yeah, and then he got jumped. Put, then he got jumped afterwards. That has to be the hunt, right? I mean, that can't be anything. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Looks like looks like that's the way they're going. Yeah. So, but in the, the main event, we saw a, a little bit of history here, Gary. Last week in in that tag team main event, uh, I guess it's one of those things that never really dawns on you. Like the same thing happened on Raw when Randy pinned Drew. First time Drew's been pinned uh, in over a year. That was Walter's first loss. Yeah, that's the first the first ever pinfall loss, and I have to say, I I feel like almost saying I'm not going to review anymore because that match to me was about eight hundred million stars. I just literally from start to finish, I went. I just could watch this every week, please. Just twenty five minutes of this, same four. I don't care. All just unbelievable work from them all, and considering. You have three, like Walter is just on a different level and so is so is Pete. Um, Dry, Ilya Dragunov is superb. But actually, yeah. I mean, Alexander Wolf held his own as well. The four of them were just unbelievable, superb match, just superb. It was an absolutely great match. And the, the best thing, at least for me, the best thing that could have happened was Ilya getting that pinfall. Because, Gary, I mean, we're going to put the match and the rest of it and everything, we're going to put that aside for a sec. I'm watching this, and I'm watching Pete Dunne and Walter the entire time. And I'm thinking, like, dude, if I'm Ilya Dragunov, like, I am pissed right now that Pete Dunne was stealing his thunder. He stole his thunder, and then Dragunov got the hot tag in, but it was against Alexander Wolf, So he couldn't <laughs> even get that going. And then all of a sudden, he finally gets with Walter, and Walter slaps him and just beat power bomb and just beats the whole thing. I'm just sitting there like – they are doing Ilya Dragunov absolutely zero justice right now. As great as that match was going, but then he got the pinfall at the end. So I guess it was like, you know, okay, that's just – okay, let's all just breathe yeah. here. At least for me, I could tell myself that. I'm like, okay, it wasn't complete. But I'm sitting there like, dude, if I'm Dragunov, I am just pissed right now that Pete Dunne, who looks absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. His cigarette looks like three sizes too small, Gary. Holy crap. I know he he's got he's got himself in, in good shape, even almost better shape than he was in when he was across the pond in NXT. But as you say, it was great to see Dragunov get that pin because when the match comes in a couple of weeks' time, it's really set the scene well for it. I mean, and it should have everybody now thinking, okay, he's pinned him once, yep. can he pin him again? So, yep. And then this week coming up, they're having the contract signing for that match, which I w do believe is not. I think it's two Thursdays from now, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, it's two, yeah it is, yeah. yeah. So they will be having their contract signing for that. 
this week, and we'll see how that goes. Um, in the Heritage Cup, Gar, uh, you uh, you mentioned in your notes last week that we read on air, uh, the first two matches were kind of similar. You know, they're both two-to-one finishes, both in the fifth round. First round was more of a feeling of, uh, <laughs> this was anything but loud, apparently, huh? Yeah, I was watching it going, okay, well, what's going to happen here? Oh, he's down, right? What's happening? I was like, oh, he's out. They've knocked him out. <laughs> I, yeah, it, at first I watched it thinking something's happened, this is an accident, and they've had to call an audible. And then when you see it back again, I'm going, no, they are trying to play this up like he has just flash knocked him out. Um, uh, with a flash move, and you're going, do you know what? That's good because when actually when when they were reading over the rules before, and you think, yeah, they've put in the DQ, but so what? Yeah, um, right. yeah, or the sorry, not the DQ, the knockout. Pardon me. And then all of a sudden, it's like boom, out he goes. Um, I was like, okay, that was a really cool, really different way to end it. And that just gives him that extra aspect going into the next round, Gary. Because now there's like a so we got massive advance. We got Noam Dar and A Kid going uh, probably in two weeks. If this is just going yeah. in order, uh, the match coming up uh, on Thursday, we got Trent Seven and Kenny Williams, the lucky, and Kenny Williams qualified for this, uh, winning a triple threat match against Amir Jordan and uh, oh, now I'm blanking. Ashton Smith. Thank yeah. you. Sorry. Um, who do you like in this one, guy? This is this is a toss up. You know, looking at it. This way, I, I can't think of anyone who would have a clear advantage in this. No, but I, there was something I thought very interesting that happened when, when they they spoke backstage. They did the backstage stuff with um, Kenny Williams, and you had Amir Jordan there being his cheerleader and very much involved in it. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Amir Jordan involved somehow. Um, I think Trent Seven will win it. Um, I think Trent Seven will, will take it. But I could easily see... Amir Jordan somehow getting involved and screwing over Kenny Williams because obviously they've signed, um, was it Tony Gill? He was Gersinder Singh in the Desi Hit Squad from Impact. They've signed him. And so it wouldn't surprise me to see that if Amir Jordan turns, uh, does something to Kenny Williams, maybe after the match if, if he loses, that he then is going to link down the line with him and have sort of like a UK Bollywood Boys type of tag team. So I, I could see something coming out of that. Yeah, that would be yeah, that'd be pretty cool because I wasn't uh, uh, aware of the signing UXT uh, UK just had. Um, I was gonna go Kenny Williams with this. I like your theory. Maybe can we hold it off till next week after the bomber knocks him out? They <laughs> 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 say the winner of this is gonna get Dave Masters. They say Dave Masters. I know. Not yeah, that, that's the thing. That's where you might. Uh, I think if I was if I was going to face um, Dave Masters after his performance this week, I would probably just lie down on my back twice. I'll yeah. join the job squad like Al Snow and just go, are you okay? Pin me here and you're safer. I'll take it. You know, as soon as the match starts, just tap yourself out twice on the shoulder and that's it. But just to make sure that you don't get knocked out. Yeah. Um, also, uh, last Thursday, Piper Niven and Isla Dawn. Uh, Piper Niven got the win with the Piper driver, so she's back to, to her winning ways. It wasn't a very, it wasn't a pretty match, Gar. Uh, but those two were hitting each other. They were they were going at it like that wasn't. That yeah, was, like, the, JR was the, called Bullshit Ugly. Yeah, they they really were. And the thing is, they're both they're both really good. And I think what it did was when I saw the match was happening, I thought, okay, Piper is going to win this quite quickly, or like she'll be very dominant. But she wasn't. Isla Dawn got a lot in, and she said they were both laying, they were both really laying it in. 
And um, I think that there there'd be good plans for Isla down the line. Focused on her, it give it give her some a good lot of offense in. And she is a great young wrestler as well. Um, seen her quite a few times across here in Ireland, and um, it'll be it'll be really cool to see. So hopefully there'll be big things for both of them. Yeah, this was a Scottish war here, right? Didn't you? You wanted one of these two to join Gallus too, right? It's just something like Scottish. <laughs> That'd be, that'd be fun. Um, the, the only other match uh, that was booked, the only uh, other than the uh, Heritage Cup, there was a match booked between Oliver Carter and Eddie Dennis. Uh, I don't have a graphic for it, but uh, Eddie Dennis, they, they were building him pretty strong before the pandemic happened, and there's a gimmick change, and now he's, uh, you know, you put on a suit and tie, and you're ten yeah. times tougher. You know, that's how WWE I was, was. I was, I was, I was surprised. I figured that he was just going to go down the line as a manager with Pretty Deadly. Um, I could see the way he was heading, talking to them, but obviously they've given him the match, so it will be interesting. As you said, that they were giving him a big push, uh, and then the pandemic hit, so it'll be interesting to see exactly where he's going here. So I would imagine he'll go over, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Eddie Dennis on that one too. So, uh, Gary, that will do for that will do it for the NXT uh, UK segment. I just put the, the logo up there now. That AEW. I just apologize to everyone watching at home. Uh, that one's on me. Uh, but we did actually have, before I let you go, Garrett, uh, we did have some some UK tag oh, yes. action yeah. on the state side oh, yeah. uh, of NXT. Um, the other half of Imperium, who actually I had them, I don't know if you heard the show last week, I thought maybe they would have had some involvement uh, helping Walter and Alexander Wolf. That's where I was going with it. But uh, they're still stateside. And then we got uh, Fury and Furry, huh? <laughs> Big Killian Dane. He's I, I'm going to be biased. He's from Belfast. Yeah. Um, trained in Scotland, but he's from Belfast. And he and Drake Maverick, as I said to you um, backstage before we started, um, like I, if this was before a, a proper wrestling audience, this would be going down a storm. I mean, it was a good match. Uh, it really was an Imperium. I think are are fantastic. Um, like Bartel and and Eichner are are just yeah. superb. But I do think this tag team of Damon and Drake Maverick uh, is going to be brilliant. Like Drake Spud has charisma dripping out of him, and he is a good wrestler too. But I mean, he has the charisma side down. Yep. And I do think a it was a good, it was a good fun tag team match. I really enjoyed it. But b their partnership, as you say, the Fury and the Furry, I I just think is going to absolutely be a blast over the next several months. It really will. Yeah, and Drake Maverick, he's, he's here. He's thinking, you can say, you can probably say, seriously, 100%, he's a better entertainer than he is a wrestler, but that's not saying he's a bad wrestler. He is a phenomenal athletic yeah. wrestler. Um, and you said you called him Spud a couple times, or uh, once I showed a couple times off there. For those of you who speak Impact, that uh, his name was Rockstar Spud um, in Impact, former X Division champion, actually. But he, a bit interesting because obviously, I mean, he was released when they did all the releases earlier on the year he was gone and then he did his social media video on the hard and back and so fair play to him he's, he's got back in and he really has this tag team i think could be fun to watch very fun to watch yeah and then um at the end of that match Everrise came out um after drake maverick was pinned Everrise came out because uh the maverick and dane beat up ever uh, they beat Everrise the week before um, and then killian dane ushers those words that every younger brother wants to hear from their older brother Nobody hits you but me. Exactly. You know, that's love right there. That, that's love, right? My brother <laughs> says me on many occasions, my older brother. 
So, That's it. The beast of Belfast softening up. He's getting soft in his old age. So, Gary, thank you so much for uh, for coming on tonight. I know no it's problem. very I know I, I thank you every week for it. We truly do appreciate you having you on. Um, have yourself a great right. night, Gary. We will see you all uh, next week. Looking yes, forward. I will do. Have a good one. Gary, have a good night, pal. Tonight. So now we're going to bring back in John Smith. We're going to bring back in John DeCani. Uh, we'll put the correct name plates right there. Gentlemen. No, uh, that's wrong. What's that? Your name plates are wrong, but continue. Oh, yeah, I got to get there. <laughs> you said I had the AEW logo the entire time up. I was talking about the UK. I don't Free advertising for Tony Khan, I guess, right? Yeah. So sticking with, uh, sticking with NXT, uh, John Smith, it was a huge North American championship match. Uh, a lot of the matches, we didn't have anything booked uh, on Tuesday for this last for this show from last week, so we couldn't have any winners. Uh, but they announced that right after our show, and I got excited. Damien Priest and Dexter Loomis. Yeah, I thought it was a little soon for Loomis to get a shot. I understand why, because he was supposed to be in that ladder match. Um Typically, I don't like when matches like this end in, you know, with, with interference. I like there to be a clear winner in a title match, even if it's, uh, uh, like, the, the champion retaining. But the fact that it was Cameron Grimes and, you know, he jumped to the moon and slammed his knees right into right into Loomis's chest. What a great ending. Um, as far as the match is concerned, I mean, Lo Loomis is just a stud. I, I got so much love for what he does in that ring. He just looks the part. He does everything perfect. And I, I can't wait for what the future holds for him. Yeah. Dexter, he's, he's going to be a star. He's going to be a star. Like I said, don't blink. You, you, you don't want to miss him, but he doesn't blink. So, right. That's yeah. <laughs> um, that was the main event uh, earlier. Oh, then right after the match, uh, Johnny Gargano attacked Damien Priest with a chair. Um, earlier the night, Johnny Gargano had a match. He had a really good match with Austin Theory. I thought that was really good. John Lowe, heel on heel action. Uh, wasn't too bad. And then after the match, uh, after Gargano hit the uh, one final beat DDT uh, for the victory, walking up the ramp, looking back at Theory. Not bad. Okay, so now you got Austin Theory on a little bit on the radar. And we got Andy Hartwell, John DeConi, who's now officially on the Gargano radar. Um, as Candice LeRae and Shotzi Blackheart had a number one contenders match for Halloween Havoc that I had Shotzi's name written all over. Yeah, it, it made a lot of sense for her to roll into Halloween Havoc. Uh, I guess maybe the only tip of the, uh, you know, tip ahead of time might have been that she's the host. So, okay, maybe she's not going to get a, a title match on the card. But uh, these two went back and forth. Uh, Shotzi started, uh, had a rough time early on, went right into the steel post and had her face slammed into the apron on the outside, but she had, you know, she had her comeback. Uh, she had some crazy, almost the, uh, the kill switch or the unprettier, uh, seated in the ring into a submission. Uh, so some really interesting offense on her. Uh, and then, uh, during her comeback, she just missed hitting her senton twice Second time, Candace rolls out, and there's uh, the, the new uh, best friend of the Gargano family, Indy, to pass her a set of brass knucks and uh, one right hand, and that's the end of the match there. Candace is going to uh, Halloween Havoc for a title shot. Yeah, so you combine 
Candice LeRae's win and Johnny Gargano's antics after the main event, William Regal is not happy with not Gargano's, happy. which is a little contradictory because I figured that, you know, brass knucks were involved. Uh, William Regal was, would be okay with that, you know? Anyone. Living off it for about 10 years in the Attitude Era. <laughs> That's probably why they still get their title shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. But, uh, yeah, they're, uh, Regal had an announcement. Actually, Shanti Blackheart was the one that made the announcement at the end of the night. They're going to spin the wheel and make a deal. Uh, their version, I, I guess it was before Raw Roulette. I guess Raw Roulette was a rip-off and spin the wheel and make a deal. Now, that was a Halloween Havoc tradition back in the old WCW days uh, at Halloween Havoc, 1992, 1993. Uh, yes, Sting was involved. So uh, I'll get into those matches next week. I did look them up. It was pretty crazy. Um, but that will be, uh, we have two title matches confirmed, uh, plus Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez. They got into it backstage. Uh, Raquel, uh, challenged, uh, Rhea Ripley to Halloween Havoc. Ripley replied with a yes and then a punch to the face. Uh, so we got three matches booked for Halloween Havoc. So far, so good. Um, Tony time. It was Tony time in, uh, the Capitol Wrestling Center. She got some new music. She that entrance like gave me goosebumps. That was actually really awesome. And when she starts like interrupting people, like when she, when it's Tony time, like when someone's in the ring talking trash, and it's Tony time, it's a, Tony Storm is going to be a star. She's twenty four years old. Hunter is gonna, you know, you think Cameron Grimes is going to the moon? Tony Storm is going to the moon. Um, like I said, I mean, even last year it started. She. Uh, she won the Mae Young Classic, won, uh, she actually beat Rhea Ripley for the UK Championship, and then she was a part of Team NXT at the Survivor Series. So she's already got some, you know, uh, mainstream attractions, so there's no reason why Tony Storm uh, can't hit the moon right now. Uh, Jake Atlas defeated Ashanti the Adonis uh, with a roll-up after the distraction from Legado del Fantasma. Uh, it was turned to Atlas actually helping Adonis. Uh, then being joined by Swerved, and it looks like we have uh, like Swerved's not done. Uh, it looks like Ashanti Don's going to be his buddy, and now you're going to throw Jake Atlas in this. we got a little three-on-three cruiserweight action. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then uh, John Smith, I know you alluded to it last week. Zia Lee uh, got that letter from her uh, from her fellow countryman, Boa. Uh, she pleaded with uh, Commissioner Regal to uh, make sure she has a match next week. Uh, he said he would take it into consideration twice, but she seems desperate. There's something wrong. So, um, yeah, I think she might be shaming her family back home or something. Yeah, well, you said you have her on your Survivor Series team, and you have her, you know, that'd be a nice little start if uh, she could at least, you know, win some type of qualifying match to make that team. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, then, actually, in the opening match, the Undisputed Era defeated Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, um, Kyle O'Reilly uh, shot a promo before the match. Uh, this is going to be the second coming of the prophecy, Undisputed Errors. We'll get to that in a second. And I, I, I kind of didn't put two and two together. Last week, or was it last week or two weeks ago, when Rich Holland, the night he got injured, he came to the, uh, the arena. He pulled up in some type of BMW or whatever it was. Somebody paid Rich Holland to take out Adam Cole. So this whole thing, I guess Rich Holland was supposed to be a henchman, a hired gun in this. So this something's going on with Adam Cole. Any takers on who is going to be this 
Benefactor, I guess. Benefactor. Who are you asking me? Anybody. Uh, I I don't know why, but the first person I thought of was William Regal. Like, <laughs> wow! Like just to finally have him be have like be more than just the commissioner once every five shows to make a little decision to have him part of something. I don't know. I just, that's the first thing that came in my mind when you took, when you said that. But it probably won't happen. But that'd be cool. Yeah, he really never interjected himself into like, a feud like this. All right, John yeah, the Con- 40, yeah. Yeah. John the Connie, any thoughts? Uh, uh, if, you know, wild guess, just uh, uh, pulling it out of nowhere. Uh, maybe part of Finn's champion character is going to be uh, needing someone to watch his back. Maybe he's going to go heel here and, you know, he, he wants to stay protected from uh, future challengers. Right. Or it could be Pat McAfee. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was like, oh, no, I got to say this. Yep, exactly. Makes he's, got <laughs> he's got the money. He's got the money. He's got the I don't think Pat McAfee is done yet. Uh, but anyway, uh, going into well, – Ryan Joyner this time again. Bobby – Whoa, all right. Ryan Joyner's chiming in that. It was Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that would be interesting. Very interesting. All right. Uh, speaking of those two, like they said, they won the uh, the number one contenders match against Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, and now they will be challenging this week uh, our beloved tag team champions of Brizongo. Uh, we're on a roll this year, five and one. Um, in singles record, tag team record, five and one this year. Uh, Jonathan Smith, our senior NXT correspondent. Uh, what do you got? Uh, I see the the champs retaining in one way or another. I'm more concerned with what their entrance is going to look like. I'd like to see them come out as the undisputed era, but mocking them like DX style. <laughs> now, John the Coney, like I was, I was going to mention this is that the one show, the last time they had their tag team titles uh, opportunities, it was against Imperium. It was the show that we uh, had to cancel, unfortunately, because of the hurricane and the tree that hit my house. Um, these belts are the foundation of the Undisputed Era. They win these, then they go full. Like, this is their staple. They've always had the tag titles, a.k.a. the New Age Outlaws. Like I showed in the graphic last week, they were six-time tag champions because they always had him with the Generation X. Like they were, they, that was the, the the foundation of the faction, and it was the same with the Undisputed Era. And in some way, it was usually O'Reilly with somebody, but they always had these tests. So this is a huge match for them to get back on track. Yeah, and I th- I think perhaps they lose tomorrow night. Uh, champs retain, uh, but maybe the Undisputed Era. Uh, jumps them after the match, leading to a rematch at Halloween Havoc so we can really get a Brizongo entrance all in costume. And then maybe <laughs> the, un- then the Undisputed Era takes them there. Yeah, I say, well, I wonder what, what is Halloween to Brizongo? Like, they dress up every day. <laughs> um, real quick, we're going to hit up uh, Raw and SmackDown. Real quick stuff that is not um, Hell in a Cell related. Uh, we'll start with SmackDown first. John DeConi, a uh, heartfelt moment in the ring. New Day kind of broke character or whatever. They actually, I don't think they had a script this time. Uh, they got to say their goodbyes. 
Yeah, and if, if you're a, a New Day fan, this match was an absolute uh, tour de force for them. You, know, you, had, you had Woods lifting Big E on his shoulders for a, 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 a slam onto uh, Cesaro. Uh, you had Big E powerbombing Woods onto Sheamus at one point, and then Xavier and Big E hitting an assisted uh, big ending on Sheamus for the win. You know, you, you got to hear them speak. You got to see them hug, and a, a tear would shed. You got to see them tear it down in the ring. Uh, you know, this was absolutely the send off that they deserve. Yeah, and like I said, uh, I, was was this a missed opportunity here? I I, I guess the game plan go for. I would have turned Biggie uh, Biggie heel, anyways. I think it'd be better off as a face. Um, but this was the moment, like, oh my God, like this was Dean Ambrose turning on Seth Rollins the night Roman Reigns, you know, vacated the Universal Champion. Like this could have been, if you wanted heat, this was the moment. Uh, they didn't take it, which I'm completely okay with. I'm, I'd rather Big E uh, just keep going. And then like I said, you know, in the Royal Rumble, like, oh my God, all three of us in the ring together. And they start doing their hip right? You know, it was, you know, it's... You say Kofi said on Raw last night. Like we're gonna hold down Raw. He's gonna hold down SmackDown. We're good. Biggie so. works works best as a face, and oh, uh, yeah, it allows his character to come out. So <laughs> he was doing the <laughs> during Nakamura's entrance. Biggie was doing the, the spread eagle on the rope, bouncing like and then Kofi and uh, Wood were bouncing him to the to beat up the song. <laughs> oh, that was good. Uh, John Smith, we saw Daniel Bryan back. We got Daniel Bryan returned to the uh, the Thunderdome. That is your guy. I uh, remember he, had, uh, he ripped a sign out of your hands uh, a couple years ago. Um, a couple years ago. That was, uh, I want to say, 2012 when that happened. <laughs> Jeez. But, yeah, no, I'm very happy to see him back. Very unhappy to have to watch him go against Rollins for the next month or so. But, um, you know, as long as it's keeping him in the limelight, you know, they'll, they'll always have Rollins in the limelight. So, you know, put put Daniel against him and then put him into the into the intercontinental situation. Or, you, yeah, intercontinental situation with Sami Zayn. That would be a really good match. Well, yeah, well, he was in that that the, the, that tournament that uh, after Sami vacated, or uh, I guess he never lost, whatever, for the, the, the fake intercontinental championship, according to Sami, Daniel Bryan was the one. He made it to the finals. Um, but yeah, I think Seth and Daniel Bryan's a great pairing. I don't remember them ever having a feud. So yeah, I think Daniel Bryan was always on SmackDown, and and Rollins was always on Raw. Yeah. Uh, they got into it. Then here come the Mysterios. Uh, then here comes Murphy. Murphy actually jumped Rollins. He tried extended his hands to the Mysterios uh, to be like, okay, like I'm. I, you just saw what I did, and then just like you know, I'm looking at it. This I'm like, dude. They're hitting on their 19-year-old daughter, their 19-year-old sister. Like, no, they're not going to shake your hand. Just just be thankful they're not punching you and hitting you with kendo sticks right now. You know? <laughs> Take what you got and walk away and stop DMing their daughter slash sister. <laughs> uh, the show started uh, uh, with Triple H and Stephanie in the ring, and they were announcing the new members of uh, the roster, including their big prize prospect, Alistair Black, that they waited to the sixth round to draft. <laughs> His name came up a million times. I'm like, dude, why did you wait so long to draft him anyway? 
But uh, in true WWE fashion, uh, that whole thing ended up in a brawl after when they announced uh, who did they announce? The SmackDown, the Street Profits, uh, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler jumped in from behind. The whole thing turned into a bleep show. Uh, and then here comes Lars Sullivan and Jeff Hardy, and Lars was wrecking house for a little bit, and then uh, it started the match with Jeff Hardy. Uh, Hardy hit the twist of fate, uh, then went up for the swanton, and actually Lars got back to his feet, uh, caught Jeff Hardy on the top rope, hit him with that freak ending, and uh, that was the end of Jeff. So Lars is on his winning ways. Ew, puke emoji. Puke emoji. <laughs> hate Lars, though. Puke emoji. Um, and then Otis is still working out uh, his uh, the Mrs. Lawsuit. Mrs. Uh, delaying it to train Otis of, I guess, lawyer retention money? Uh, but they went at it. <laughs> they went at it on Raw. Might as well just get that one out of the way right now. El Gran, El Gran Gordo. <laughs> uh, for those of you that uh, be the translator, that stands for the Grand Gordo, uh, which... <laughs> Which was Otis. Uh, uh, the tag team match between El Gran Gordo and Tucker. They defeated the Miz and Morrison um, after a Caterpillar and a Vader bomb uh, by El Gran Gordo. But uh, Miz, Miz's promo. That was, that was a little spot on. But when Miz, when Miz shoots fire, he can shoot some serious fire. And he is not happy that Otis has that Money in the Bank briefcase. And I believe the quote was, it is spitting on any every money in the bank winner that came before you and I was like ah, boy. um anyway uh they got new music new intro uh every day we fight to be legendary legendary uh not anymore uh so they got new music and we don't have a new raw tag uh, we don't have a new raw women's champion john the connie like i said in the beginning lana's not the best uh no no lana not number one <laughs> uh, she she did uh, she did open up with uh, some kicks, uh, a couple of elbows in the corner, but uh, she, her problem was she went for a quick roll up, and the minute you start chain wrestling with Oscar and flippy flopping it, you're gonna wind up getting choked. And Lana wound up in the Oscar lock, and it didn't take very long. It was the second one; she made it to the I believe a uh, rope break on the first one, but uh, second time around, cinched in Lana taps and. Uh, that was it for her opportunity, but not it for her misery on this particular evening. <laughs> yeah, it's and you mentioned is that you don't want to, you know, do the the mat wrestling with Oscar, and it's that if somebody like Lana, who you know the NCAA collegiate background that Lana has, I believe she was <laughs> three time All American in college. I believe she was an absolutely phenomenal chain wrestler uh, back in her collegiate days. You know, you can't. Down at FSU, yeah. I mean, her, her and uh, uh, what the heck's her name? Jen Sturger down there at FSU. They were a heck of a tag team. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, for the fifth consecutive week, uh, this is getting sad now. It's like, almost, you, know, the, you know, the bully's picking on the kid, and you look at it, you laugh once, and uh, now it's just like, okay, dude, stop. Like, seriously, it's not funny anymore. Leave him alone. Yeah, big old number 69. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> got a new joke with Nia Jax. There he goes. 69 Nia. 69 <laughs> Nina. Uh, yeah, then a fatal four-way broke out. Uh, random tag team put together Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans. That was kind of odd. 
Uh, you break up the iconics just to put her with, you know, Lacey Evans. Good idea. They didn't see uh, Shayna, uh, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, they defeated the Riot Squad. Uh, the aforementioned uh, Peyton Royce, Lacey Evans, along with uh, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Uh, at the beginning of the show, uh, Alexa Bliss was in the ring. She said, let him in. And then here comes the Fiend. And it is a pretty cool entrance. You know, it's going to rival The Undertaker at WrestleMania. How slow it takes him to walk the aisle. So <laughs> when they get back to their football stadium, he's going to clock on the Fiend. Uh, but then here comes Retribution's going to screw with the Fiend. That was dumb. But anyway, Wyatt disappears. Here comes the Hurt Business, John Smith. Yeah, and so happy that they came out on top in this. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, how are you going to build up Retribution, bring them in, and then just have them lose in, what, their second match? And they tap out, no less. I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was um, Ali that tapped out, but it was the supposed leader, T-Bar. So, <laughs> T-Bar, T-Bone. Uh, T-Bone. But <laughs> I... I just don't uh, – I don't know why you're going to make them look weak like that. I mean, hopefully they got something – like, even the even the promo that Ali gave us after the fact didn't even justify the fact that they lost. Like, hey, we don't care about wins and losses. They, I mean, they should have said at least that. Like, we're just here to to ruin things. But Yeah, as Ali said, and their strength isn't in numbers. Their strength is the chaos that he knows how to – uh, create with being this SmackDown mystery hacker. He admitted to being that, which is, I guess, cool. Wrap that story up. Done and done. Um, I was okay just forgetting about it, but I mean, I guess every story needs an ending. But uh, but yeah, so to be continuous, the Hurt Business got the win. It was the Hurt, yeah, the Hurt Lock on T-Bone. Uh, like I said, hopefully, I was, a little, I was a little upset they're doing that now. Like I said, I had them, I would like to see a four-on-four at Survivor Series if you can, like, lay it out from that long. Let's have a series of one-on-one matches, you know, uh, you know, Lashley versus T-Bone or uh, Slapjack versus Cedric. You know, like you can you can stretch this out and then hopefully get the elimination going. But wait, uh, did, you just, did you just say that he admitted to being the 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 guy that was doing all the videos? I missed that part. It was they like, wrapped it up like that. That's bad. That's like when they made um, what's it, Hornswoggle, the anonymous Raw GM from underneath the ring. Because they didn't know how to get themselves out of it. Yeah, I guess it was always it was always supposed to be him. Like I said, I, I guess you want to give that to him, so because he he has the technology, he had the technology, you can make it. <laughs> so like you know, he has a computer. He knows everyone's weakness. It's, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. I'm more interested in this than I was, you know, at the beginning of Raw. Like, okay, if it's not wrestling, let's see what kind of you know chaos that Mustafa Ali has up his sleeve here. Let's see what we can do here. Um, and then after the fact that, you know, after the match, they all got whooped by uh, Bray Wyatt anyway. <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, speaking of Bray Wyatt, the Firefly Funhouse has officially moved to Monday Night Raw. They brought all their boxes over. Uh, nice moment. Uh, I guess uh, Rambling Rabbit. They got a whole bunch of carrots that he, had, that he brought over from SmackDown. And they got a new friend, Alexa Bliss, broke out the old Freddy Krueger T-shirt from uh, from NXT. I don't know if you remember that one. I'm like, wait, is the Freddy Krueger but uh, yeah, so she's in the fun house now. So it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, AJ Styles, <laughs> I can't even say this with a straight face. AJ Styles, like seriously, like come on. Okay, so they're gonna force feed us AJ Styles. If it isn't bad enough, they're gonna give him a huge seven foot body card that's carrying a gigantic shovel. They're gonna bury all this new talent like Matt Riddle. 
Like, Matt Riddle's done. All right? And they're just going to keep on shoving AJ Styles down our throat. The guy's never losing. They can't get rid of Says no one ever. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. Yeah, it's funny how when it's AJ Styles doing it, everyone's okay with it. <laughs> AJ Styles. So AJ Styles doesn't be bodyguard. His name is Jordan. I can't pronounce his last name. It was on the graph. They didn't mention him by name, uh, uh, the announcers, uh, Phillips, Joe, or Byron. Uh, his name is Jordan. Uh, Omega Behim? Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's what I kept on saying. <laughs> oh, my God. Jordan, oh, my God. Uh, so I don't know his last name, how to pronounce it, but he is a big guy. Uh, I believe he was. that was Shane McMahon's former uh, Raw Underground bodyguard. Before that, I want to say that was Akira Tozawa's giant ninja. Remember the, the yeah. whole thing with the, the the ninjas on motorcycles and, and or and then with the the, the street prophets and the, the war fighters uh, outside. Uh, Braun Strowman got uh, hit in the nuts for the second time on Monday. Actually, know what? Well, he actually hit Keith Lee first. He headbutted Keith Lee in the nuts, then a boot to the face. Keith Lee got upset with that afterwards, uh, and then kicked Braun in the jimmies. Um. So that's wrong. Uh, this is turning into a, like an Undertaker Brock Lesnar thing, or it's going to be a low blow contest, and you can just knock, you know, Braun Strowman off his feet by like hit him the most in the nuts. Uh, the New Day, uh, the New Day was making fun of Sheamus for being ashy, and then pinned him with the Trouble in Paradise. We're <laughs> calling Sheamus hot garbage. That's probably the funniest thing the New Day is having. Sheamus, you're hot garbage. Hot garbage. They go out of the garbage and throw garbage at him. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I'm going to bump you guys back off again one last time. Uh, make sure all your picks and everything are ready for Hell in the Cell and Bound for Glory. Uh, I'm going to bring Ryan Joy back on uh, in a second because the G1 Climax included and what a conclusion it was. What's his name, Ryan? There you go. That's his name. So we're going to take off that. That's what I wanted to do. All right, gentlemen, we're seeing a little bit. Ryan, how are things going today, pal? Well, I am good. However, we got another issue. Oh, no. Yeah. I reviewed. When you told me to go get groceries, I went back and reviewed. <laughs> okay. The PWP picks for the anniversary show. I was, in fact, four and one, not three and two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So record to show, I'm dead last. So, you know, I got to take a yeah, point. No, I'll give you a win if it's that. I just, I, I. Maybe I maybe I missed something. I don't know. Is it on PWP.com or is it just check from oh, the show? It's on PWP. It's on PWP. All right. Awesome. All right, Ryan <laughs> Joy. So the G1 Climax we had called last week. Uh hell bent on evil versus Jay White. <laughs> yeah, we were we were incredibly wrong about that. Uh, not for lack of trying though, because uh, in order for Sonata to get past Evil, man, did he have to overcome a whole bunch of outside interference and, you know, all of the Bullet Club tricks in order to get past uh, Evil, which he did with a, an O'Connor roll and a bridge in the B-Block finals. So that sent him forward to the finals. Um, but if you rewind back to the day before, there was a whole series of like almost every match meant something in terms of how the finals were going to turn out. Um, but it was really Jay White's block to lose. And all he had to do is beat Ishii. Um, 
in order for not uh, that's not easy. That's not yeah, that's okay. All he had to do was beat Ishii. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Stone bulldog, whatever the stone face bulldog. Okay. Yeah. So you know they're having their match and uh, Jay White's calling him an old dog and you know busting on him and picking on him. all the Jay White you know dirty heel tactics in the book and um, all of a sudden you know brainbuster and a pin for Ishi you know uh, so that that put Kota Ibushi in the finals uh, against Sonata. Uh, Ibushi had to win his match that night too, and he had a 15-minute match with Tai Chi. All they did was kick each other the entire <laughs> night. For 15 minutes, you the only offensive move we see is kicks, and then Kamigoye, which is a you know V trigger <laughs> to the to the face. So, so uh, you know, kind of a thrilling conclusion to the two block finals, um, and then we had our our finals. Yeah, and I'll give you a little bit of credit here. You know, watching back last week's show, because uh, we do send out clips every week uh, on, on social media to get everybody ready for the upcoming shows that night. Um, I remember the, in the New Japan, like you actually gave, you wanted to make it a point. Be like, you know what? Sonata's not out of this thing yet. Right. Don't be shocked. So I'll give, you, I'll give you half points on that one, right? Uh, um, well, yeah. It was a, a crazy situation where both Naito had to lose and Sonata had to be evil, and it and it's 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 you know they set it up perfect storytelling. Sonata lost his last three matches, and then won the rest of his block matches to put himself in the finals. And then you know, I'm thinking to myself, wow, New Japan's going to make a star out of this. You know, um, they made a star with Evil in the New Japan Cup, and they're going to you know push Sonata right to the top. But uh, as it turns out. Kota Ibushi goes to the finals for the th third year in a row. Um, that's historic. And then he wins two in a row. That's historic as well. So, yeah, you got um, the graph. There it is. Ibushi wins the second. Kota Ibushi. Yep. It is. That is um, a beautiful trophy, man. Look at that thing. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it looks sharp. <laughs> Good match. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, as, as interesting as it is, Ibushi gets through the uh, gets through the G1, and the tradition is anybody who beats you in the G1, you're probably going to have to defend your right to challenge uh, yeah. before we get to Wrestle Kingdom. And Jay White beat Ibushi in the in the uh, early early matches of the tournament, and already they've signed the match for Power Struggle, which is the same day as Full Gear. Ibushi will defend his right to challenge against. Jay White. Nobody has ever beaten the right to challenge holder. So, yeah, that'll be the next question. Yeah. Yeah. No, nobody has ever done that. Um, and they did also announce during the finals that Wrestle Kingdom 15 is going to take place as planned on January 4th and 5th from the Tokyo Dome. It is too big for one night. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. It's too big for just one night, Wrestle Kingdom. Um, um, yeah, before we get to Wrestle Kingdom, I love Wrestle Kingdom. I get, it's an exciting. I love the big, the, the, the dome atmosphere. They do, they really put on a great show, especially with the entrance and the showmanship and the entrance. They really do go all out, you know. Uh, and he said you go to G, uh, G1 Climax a couple of times. There's like, like a high school gymnasium, but they can, they can put on a show in the Tokyo. Uh, the Tokyo. Sure yep. 
Um, I you were also saying uh, coming up, there's actually a Neverweight Six Man uh, Tag Team Championship. Yeah, this was this was built up throughout the the tournament a little bit with you know people going back and forth. But you've got a uh, the the Never Open Weight uh, Championships, Six Man Championships. They're going to be on the line this Friday morning. Um, these win loss records are are correct. Actually, I, I had yeah. to double and triple check them, but that uh that team has is going eight and zero. So that's great for them. Uh, the other Big, big news, though, that came out of the G1 is uh, Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada. They had their match uh, on the A-Block Finals, which is Friday night. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, late in the match, B Priestley shows up to cheer on Will Ospreay. She's in the corner cheering him on. Um, Will kind of notices, and then as the match goes on and Okada's about to really close things out, B jumps up on the apron. And then some other guy called the great Okada, he comes out of the crowd and he takes out Okada, uh, a full on Will Ospreay heel turn. Um, Ospreay gets the, gets the win off of that uh, attack from great Okan. And then afterwards even gets in uh, Okada's face, gives him the hidden blade, um, you know, F you for holding me back and all that. So yeah. big, massive heel turn for, for, Okada, or for uh, Osprey. So that's probably a Wrestle Kingdom match right there. Yeah, they were both in chaos together. That's Okada's group is chaos. Yep, yep. Except uh, Osprey is probably going to be the Empire or something like that. Nice, nice. Yeah. B. Presley back on TV, too. It is. Yep. Uh, switching gears to Ring of Honor, our semifinals... Um, our books for the Pure Championship Tournament. Uh, let's see what we got. I'm going to pull up the brackets. And there it is. We got Hot Sauce and Josh the Goods Woods. My guys, Lethal and Gresham, are alive. That's uh, it. They're going to be facing off with Williams and Woods. Uh, you know, the, the Tracy Williams and Fred Yehi, I, you know, I think we mentioned last week that I thought it was it was pretty much done for Yehi. He had a good couple of good matches, but uh, – it, it was. We've been talking about it as we talk about each set of matches. That in these pure pure tournament fights, you only get three rope breaks. Mm-hmm. Well, Fred Yehi used up his, and then so Tracy Williams gets Yehi in the ropes and puts a dragon sleeper on the in the ropes. The referee can't break it. Yeah, he's in the ropes, but he can't break it. So um, you know, is tap out win there for for Williams. So he goes on to face Lethal. Um, yeah, very reminiscent actually what Gary was saying before with the Heritage Cup. Like you put the rule in there, like, you know, when's it gonna come into play? When's it gonna come into play? Yeah. You got Bomber Day and Mastiff knocking people out, and now you got you know guys uh using up all their rope breaks and, and losing that way. Yep, yep. So um, uh you've already made it abundantly clear that your picks for the finals, you've been calling Jonathan Grisham and Jersey J Lethal uh this entire time, and it's set up for you, Ryan. So we'll definitely tune in next week. Uh, we'll bring you back to discuss the finals. Uh, but then it, it didn't stop there. Uh, yeah. EC3? EC3, EC3 you know, um, the last the last one or two shows, they've had video packages for EC3. So we knew he was he was coming. But he was, in fact, in attendance at the UMBC Event Center in Baltimore. Um, he walked out. He 
gave his promo um, calling out not just current Ring of Honor talent, but, um, you know, talent from the past, invoking the word dragon and styles clash and things like that. So, um, you know, so he, he wants to control his narrative in Ring of Honor. Um, but he did mention names like the Briscoes and, um, and other folks. And turns out he forgot to mention Shane Taylor. So now it looks like uh, they had a little backstage altercation. The Briscoes uh, came to his aid. And now it looks like we're setting up a six-man uh, six match between Taylor and SOS versus the Briscoes and EC3. That's the yeah, first that's going to be hard hitting. Is that the Briscoes? Is, how long have been? It just seems like they've been there forever. Since the beginning. Since the yeah. uh, when I say the beginning, we're t- we're talking about the beginning of ROH. Yeah, like and, that was a like 2002, right, or 2001? Yeah. I I believe it's 2001 or two. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna switch gears here now. We're gonna bring John Smith and John DeConi back in. My phone is blowing up right now. John Smith needs to get back in wrestling <laughs> mind and off fantasy football. Sorry, there's a lot of trades going on right now, John. But you're busy. <laughs> I wasn't busy for a minute. And you should have been getting groceries. <laughs> <laughs> or check your PWP scores. Or check your PWP scores. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't even know how I got that wrong. Is that the computer does all the work anyway? So uh, we have Hell in the Cell coming up this Sunday. We're gonna do Hell in the Cell first. We're gonna get Bound for Glory as proper due, and main event the show with that. Um, and just so you know, obviously each and every year Hell in a Cell uh, is presented by Hell in a Cell. I believe it's a phone accessories store down in Guatemala, I want to say. So please go visit Hell in a Cell uh, for all your cell phone needs. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've never seen that. Uh, who says you have too much time on your hands, right? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Here are the standings going in. Apparently, these are incorrect. Ryan Joy, I believe, has uh, what match did I get wrong, pal? How many? How many uh, uh, I'm not sure, but it was. Uh, it, I should have nine points. I think. There. Have nine? Yeah. Okay. I know you got Archer wrong. I thought you had she. I don't know, whatever. All right. So add two points to uh, Ryan Joy's score here. But here are the overall standings. Uh, there are 20 shows counted towards the pools. Please go to prowrestlingpickem.com. And uh, play against us, join the Central Wrestling Podcast pool. Or if you want, you can uh, create a pool with your friends, play against each other, have a lot of fun with it, prove that you're the best. Um, and WWE-specific pools, these uh, are the current WWE standings. Ryan has a commanding lead. Uh, and he knows they're commanding. Within 10 points is John the Con. I'm talking about commanding over me. How about that? <laughs> um uh, you can see those are our Clash of the Champions records on there as well. Those are the last pay-per-views that we did. Uh, the scoring for Hell in a Cell as follows. It's normal scoring, five points for the WWE Universal title, three for all other titles, one for non-title matches. But the fun part is the Hell in a Cell matches get a five-point bump, uh, which are both WWE and Universal Championship matches. So those will be worth ten points. Um, anything interpromotional, if that gets booked, gets doubled. Uh, kickoff matches don't count. Otis is still floating around with the money in the bank cash and wager. And if you go Henning, then you get an additional five points as well. Actually, uh, this show would be 10 since the highest point value 
um, actually is 10 points. So, gentlemen, there have been 42 Hell in a Cell matches in WWE history. Spell them. Randy Orton. That was a Bobby Heenan. <laughs> We're live in over 50 countries. Yes, yeah, spell them. Oh, will you stop? Uh, <laughs> there are 42 Hell in the Mat uh, Cell matches in WWE history. Uh, they're going to throw three more on that list that we are aware of. I can't imagine them doing any more than three in a year. Uh, the first one they're going to throw this, uh, we're going to go right back at it. Roman Reigns and Jay Uso. Uh, Roman Reigns had a title defense against Braun Strowman. Uh, got the, in the low blow, uh, kicking out of the pinfall, which is a very clever way to do a low blow. He didn't really give Roman too much credit for that um, at the last pay-per-view at Clash of Champions against Jey Uso. Um, and then he beat the holy hell out of Strowman, and then he gave the chair to Jey Uso to take a swing, and Jey did. So uh, this uh, this is going to be... This is going to be pretty hard hitting here, guys. I, I really, again, I think just Jey Uso is just in for a world of hurt here. Uh, so, I'm sorry, John Smith, who do you got? You laughed the hardest at my own cell joke, so you go first. <laughs> um, I'm definitely going with Roman Reigns. I'm just looking forward to the match. It's going to be brutal. All right, John DeConi. <laughs> yeah, I don't see any way Reigns doesn't leave. I'm just interested to see what the biggest stipulation or consequence of all time is going to turn out to be. Well, I think the I quit match is the biggest stipulation. You put the, you put an I quit match in the cell, and I believe okay. that's what you're talking about. So I don't think that uh, – Nothing more to come necessarily than all right. Yeah, the thing that – Ryan Joy, the thing that's kind of throwing me off here. So uh, on SmackDown uh, against Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns broke out a submission move that Michael Cole completely threw Braun Strowman under the bus for for tapping, which is – made its rounds on social media. I caught it while I was having it. Wait a minute, he didn't tap. Anyway. Uh, we'll let Braun Strowman and Michael Cole fight that out uh, at another time. But if, if Roman Reigns is now choking people out here. Like, is this going to be a pass out or does Jay have to say I quit here? Like, what are we? You know, I was thinking about this whole, you know, I quit stipulation. Like, you know, it goes back to their last match at Clash where Jay just wouldn't, he wouldn't give up. No. You know, what's it going to take for, what's Roman going to do to him that's going to get him to say those words? Gonna have to be a pass out. Yeah, uh, just a uh, quick records. Why uh, in Hell in a Cell matches, Roman Reigns is undefeated at two zero and one. He defeated Bray Wyatt in two thousand fifteen and Rusev in two thousand sixteen, and then that uh, Honey of a No Contest against Braun Strowman uh, two thousand eighteen that went over well with the WWE Universe, just as well <laughs> as Rollins and Bray Wyatt did. <laughs> uh, and actually, Jey Uso's one and zero. Uso's defeated the New Day. Uh, in 2017, which was that was an incredible Hell in a Cell match. Um, going forward, uh, the contract signing for the SmackDown Women's Championship uh, kind of half took place. A little, actually, no one say a little upset. Very upset by it because Sasha Banks, where was her ink stamper? <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm just like, yes, you're gonna. You're, Boom! I, it's, oh, and it's signed. I couldn't. Maybe it's just heel Sasha that does it. I have. I was just so upset, so let down by that. And then Bailey didn't even sign it. So now I guess is this the new thing uh, with contracts in WWE? Like they won't sign them. Like Roman did until the last minute. Like what? I don't know what's going on here. Um. Anyway, this is, will be the I believe the third 
women's Hell in a Cell match of all time. Um, Sasha Banks, uh, she was in the prior two, uh, both in losing efforts to Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Uh, Ryan Joy will throw a review on this one. I, I mean, I feel like I think Bailey's going to win this match. Um, she's going to leave with the SmackDown Championship. This feud must continue. It doesn't necessarily need to continue right now, as we've talked about on previous shows. So this could be a situation where we get Sasha written off for a while. Um, Bailey didn't sign that contract. Maybe she shows up like Roman does at the last second with added stipulations that Sasha has to leave SmackDown if you know she doesn't win, or you know maybe Sasha has to wrestle with one arm around behind her back or something. I don't know. But in, in any case, I think Bailey's winning this match. Yeah, I'm going to jump on here and go Bailey as well. And I know we talked about it. And just thinking about Survivor Series and the team that I had to put together to represent SmackDown, that was hard enough as it was with Sasha Banks on that team. Or Bailey, if, if Sasha Banks actually wins. One of those two. That division needs somebody, needs both of them on there right now. It's, it's, it's Sasha, Bailey, Bianca Belair, and that's it. So I really, if they're going to delay this the way you say, Ryan, it's. It makes complete sense. I just think SmackDown's women division is going to completely suffer for it. John DeConi, who do you got? I'm going to echo what I said uh, in the pre-show. I think someone has to be off TV for a while for this to restart and lead up to WrestleMania. And Bailey, you know, with her chair, her trusty chair, and Sasha already being hurt, it makes sense. Bailey retains, hurts Sasha again, and she disappears for a little while. Yeah, John Smith. Um, I think no matter what, Bailey wins. You know, if they write Sasha off for a while, that's cool. If not, it could be like, well, you don't get another shot because you lost. Then she can go against Bianca Belair, and then, you know, Sasha could win the Rumble or something. But no matter what, this isn't ending until WrestleMania with Sasha holding that belt eventually, in my opinion. So. Yeah, that, that's got to be the big payoff here. So, um, like I said, with only four matches booked right now at Hell in the Cell, two are on the SmackDown side. Here are the two for Raw. Um, Elias put on an absolutely shocking performance last night. That was actually really good. I mean, I, I never knew. I mean, you always hear Elias one as, a, as an acoustic, just one person. Like, you never actually heard him with a band before, and he sounded really good. Make sure you pick up his, uh, his album, The Universal Truth, uh, next Monday, October 26th, which, again, I can't stress it enough. It's also Pat Sajak's birthday. Please make sure you tune in to the Wheel of Fortune that day. <laughs> Uh, but then Jeff Hardy came out. Jeff Hardy can uh, he can tickle the ivory a little bit too here. Um, wait, that's the piano. Um, uh, he knows how to play the guitar as well. I guess is what my point is. <laughs> I think my goal. I just I think John's in a giggly mood. I think I'm going to kick John. Keep John happy right now. Yeah, right. Uh, Jeff can play it as well. So it's actually a nice little battle of the bands here. I hope this actually uh, turns into that at some point. But they're going to go at it. Uh, Elias was not happy as usual. Uh, when he gets interrupted during his concerts, they will go at it um, this Sunday at Hell in a Cell, not in the cell, and Elias looks ripped in that picture. Uh, John McCown, you haven't started with you yet. Who you got? Um, I I think it – I don't know if, it, if it's more entertaining Elias losing his mind and losing first match back, but I'm going to go with Elias since he's back. He's got an album out. We got a concert from him. Keep it rolling. All right, John Smith. Yeah, definitely Elias for the same exact reasons. All right, Ryan Joy. Hey, Elias, because he's 3-0. and 
He's undefeated. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to be that guy. I'm going with Jeff Hardy. I think Jeff Hardy's on such a roll in 2020, and I think he's just going to set up. It's going to ruin his Monday. It's going to ruin his album drop, and it's just going to make him consistently just go after Jeff Hardy and, just, and stretch this into hopefully maybe like a battle of the man or something like that. So I'm going to go uh, Jeff Hardy to ruin the album drop. Um, and then the final, like I said, uh, probably the end of their series. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be the main event or not. We kind of predicted uh, this would be the main event, the clash, and it wasn't. Uh, but Randy Orton is going to get a shot again. He's going to take a crack at Drew McIntyre um, inside Hell in the Cell as they made it abundantly clear on many times last night. Um, this will be Randy Orton's eighth Hell in the Cell match. He is four and three. Um, this will be Drew McIntyre's first. Uh, never been in before, but the fun little fact here, Randy Orton's been in it seven times already. He was in it two years ago against Jeff Hardy with the, the screwdriver in the year. Um, but before that, he wasn't in it. It was 2014. Uh, he lost to John Cena. So to say, you know, yeah, Randy's been in Hell in a Cell. Okay, he's only been in it once in the past six years. So, like, how much of an advantage are we really getting here? Um, so, Ryan Joy, uh, who do you got? Uh, for the WWE Championship and probably will be the, the final chapter in this feud. I think this is the hardest one to pick, too. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna stick with Drew. I think he holds that title. John Smith? Uh, I mean, I, I think I said a while ago that this was all leading up to Randy Orton winning the title eventually. So I got I to gotta stick with what I said. I'm going with Randy Orton. All right. John DeConi. Yeah, I, I had Orton uh, at the last pay per view and was wrong, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be that guy, stick with him, and uh, once again say Orton uh, new champ. All right, I'm gonna go with Drew McIntyre here, and 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 well, a I said I'd never bet against him ever again. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm tired of losing points on Drews three times now. I'm picking 15 points down in the standings. But anyway, um, maybe I'm looking at the draft a little too deeply here, but the fact that Bray Wyatt was picked one and not Randy Orton. Like that should have been Randy Orton at number one, and Bray Wyatt could have easily been three. But they flipped them. I'm calling out. I think Bray Wyatt is eventually going to be the one to beat Drew McIntyre. And I want to say the draft kind of – I felt like the, it, the draft is making me lean that way. I said the draft gave it away. That's not that. We don't know when it's going to happen. But I, I don't know. I don't think that they're making – Bray be a face now because he's fighting Retribution. I don't think he's going to, like, say, attack McIntyre in the ring after the match is over on Saturday, on Sunday. But I think eventually uh, the Fiend is going to be the one to get it. And I think because he was drafted first, I think that's kind of a telltale sign. Uh, for those of you uh, who love Tyler Adele and miss Tyler Adele and miss that beautiful face, he actually did text me these picks. Uh, about a half, about an hour ago, <laughs> he must be watching. Oh my God, my pick! Um, he's going with Roman Reigns and Bailey to retain. Uh, he's going to Randy Orton with the win uh, to win the WWE Championship, and he's taking Elias as well. So I'm alone on the Jeff Hardy bandwagon, uh, which makes my smile a lot bigger. I'm right. So, oh, and don't forget, as I was about to say, Impact, uh, Impact coming up uh, this Saturday is Bound for Glory. Um, this is their version of WrestleMania. And the reason why it, it, it kind of dawned on me, I forgot to mention to you guys, uh, SmackDown this Friday, uh, the go-home show, 
for Hell in the Cell was actually going to be on FS1 because baseball's version of WrestleMania, it's called the World Series, um, is actually going to be uh, on Fox that night. So SmackDown. Um, I guess baseball has a WrestleMania too. They just call it the World Series. I don't, I don't know. Too big for just six nights. Something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> too, too big. So uh, going into Impact, actually, before we get to Battle for Glory, we got one very important match um, that we need to discuss. And John DeConi will throw this at you real quick. Uh, Father James Mitchell's resurrection is on the line here tonight on Impact. Uh, Rosemary is going one-on-one -on -one against Havoc. Um, their wedding, I believe, is next Tuesday, the 27th. I was wrong last week. It's not outbound for glory. Um, their wedding will be on the 27th. I believe all of these women will be entered into that gauntlet. Uh, but who you got on this one? Well, first of all, for you, because I know you love it. On the night. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, the they have that song, We Own the Night, and Ryan Joyce stirring up crap on social media about Tuesday Night Wars. No. Impact. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so getting back to our very important match, uh, I'm going to go with Havoc because otherwise, how does the wedding take place? So, and wouldn't Rosemary have to win then? Yeah. Excuse yeah, me? Wouldn't Rosemary have to win then? I mean, that's really. Yeah, I can't read my own notes. Yeah, exactly. Okay, got oh, yeah. I was about to say, all right? So, yeah, Rosemary was, was bring back the Ooh. citizen minister. All right. I think we're all in agreement on there. Um, so, going into Battle for Glory, uh, I already showed you the overall standings. Here are our impact standings. Uh, John Smith trucking along, which started 0 7 or whatever it was, is now one match under 500. John Smith, this is a big show for you. We're rooting for you, pal. <laughs> uh, Ryan and John, both tied at 13 and 8. John DeConi, uh has a couple more points due to uh, the point values of the matches. I'm not doing too bad at 17 and 4. I'll take that. Uh, I said we're doubling the points for Bad for Glory. This is their WrestleMania, so we'll double some points here. Uh, 10 points for the Impact Championship, 6 for all the other title matches. Uh, 2 points for the non-title matches. Are no pre-shows. I do. I believe they are running a kickoff show or whatever. I don't think there's going to be any matches on it though. Um, but if they do, uh, they will not count. The perfect pay-per-view is up to ten uh, points if you go Henning. Uh, just a couple. Uh, wait, where's my note? Bound for Glory notes. Oh my god! Just like I say, it's been 18 years. The first, the original Bound for Glory is probably one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, there are actually four wrestlers wrestling on Saturday. Uh, that were in the first Bound for Glory. Um, Alex Shelley was on the actual, the, uh, the the kickoff show way back when in a fatal four-way against Sanjay Dutt, Roderick Strong, and Austin Aries. And that match was absolutely incredible. And that was the kickoff show. That didn't even make the main card. Uh, Chris Saban was also at the first Bound for Glory. He competed in a number one contender's Ultimate X match with Matt Bentley, and the winner was Petey Williams. Um, it was almost like an Otis thing. Uh, the X was swinging and swinging and swinging. It actually just dropped on its own, and Petey Williams on the ground and caught it. Um, it was I don't know how they booked it to do that, but that was actually pretty crazy. 
uh, and Eric Young, our defending Impact World Champion, uh, he was at the original Bound for Glory as a member of Team Canada with Scott Damore, ironically enough, uh, as their manager. He teamed up with uh, a guy named A1. There's another guy named Bobby Roode. I don't think it'll, be, it'll make any of them. Uh, there was a six-man tag, and they fought the three live crew. For those of you who don't know the three live crew, it was uh, these are the WWE names. It was the Road Dog, it was uh, R-Truth, and then Conan from WCW. So that was an amazing six-man tag as well. I do believe, uh, yeah, Bobby Roode hit uh, the Road Dog with a hockey stick, the Canadian flag on the hockey stick. Uh, the other matches on the first show, Samoa Joe fought Jushin Thunder Liger, Liger in the first match. That was the curtain jerk. Uh, Lance Hoyt, for those who don't know, that's Lance Archer. He was at the first bound for glory. He fought Monty Brown. Uh, America's Most Wanted defended the TNA NWA Tag Team Championships um, against the Naturals, who were managed by Shane Douglas. Um, and then some guy, this new up-and-coming guy, his name was AJ Styles. Uh, he defended the X Division Championship in a 30-minute Ironman match against Christopher Daniels, uh, which was an absolute crazy. I believe it was about two seconds left. Styles got the last-minute pinfall. But um, as I'm sure that you uh, counted along with me, I said there was four guys that competed in the original Battle for Glory. I only named three. That's because the fourth one is Rhino. Rhino... <laughs> The Man Beast from Detroit, Michigan, the last ever ECW World Heavyweight Champion, Rhino, who made the most significant impact in TLC as he took out a member of both the Hardys and the Dudleys. Rhino, during the stipulations of his Monsters Ball match, had to go 24 hours without food, without water, and without daylight and then compete in a notice qualification Monsters Ball match, which he won by Rhino driving Jeff Hardy off of the middle turnbuckle. He then went on to go into the number one contender's gauntlet match and outlasted nine other guys to earn a championship match later that night where Rhino, the main beast from Detroit, Michigan, won the NWA TNA Heavyweight Championship in an almost impossible fashion beating Jeff Jarrett, who was absolutely untouchable back in 2000-whatever this was, 2002 or whatever it was. Jeff Jarrett, you could shoot him with a gun. He was kicking out at two. So now we got Rhino, the man beast, doing probably the most selfless thing he could possibly do this year at Bound for Glory, putting his own career his own contract on the line so that his best friend who needs a job and who has kids can get a contract with the company. And they're going to be going at it at the call your shot gauntlet against 18 other guys where the winner of the match, not only for Heath gets the contract, not only for Rhino who keeps his contract, but the most important thing with this gauntlet is that you get a championship match of your choosing any title you want, and there will be men in here, there will be women in this as well. John DeConi, Rhino, the man beast from Detroit, Michigan. Yes, Got sir. him or what? Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think some scenario unfolds where uh, Heath, 
I think maybe Heath, uh, spoiling tonight, uh, wins to be number 20 into the gauntlet. He's either going to be number 20 or number one, but I think he wins. Looks like he's got the easy road and then gets almost immediately eliminated. And it's up to Rhino to save both of their jobs. And I think Rhino takes it. All right. Like I said, there is a uh, a fatal five-way tonight. Uh, let me see if we got this right. Actually, I have the graph. What am I looking at? I did have the graph. And there's a fatal five-way yeah. tonight with the five people that won last week. It was... Alicia. Uh, yeah, Alicia. Rhino, Keith, Hernandez, and Cousin Jake. Jake and on the Briscoes. The Briscoes are the Deaners. Um, <laughs> winner gets number 20, but whoever gets pinned gets number one. So that's that's the crazy thing with that. So, uh, Ryan, who do you have in the Call Your Shot gauntlet on Saturday? You know, I think John DeKine laid it out pretty well, and i not coming up with anything better. So, All right, so I Rhino. Rhino is 5-2 and two in Bound for Glory history. And then actually there was a balance for gold gauntlet last year that Eddie Edwards won. John Smith, who do you got? Um, I want to say Heath, but I'm going to go with Rhino also because there's a lot of points on the line in this show. <laughs> yeah, this, this only has two. There's a lot of gauntlets in Battle for Glory history. Remember, I think it was the second Battle for Glory. It was the Kevin Nash X Division Invitational. <laughs> I believe it was got a bowling trophy. Some guy named Austin Starr won it and turned out to be Austin Aries. Um, I'm gonna go Heath, and here's here's where here's where the fun. Okay, simple, basic, whatever. Heath wins. Great. Heath doesn't know Rhino is doing this for him. So when Heath goes for the world title, when he could go for the tag titles with Rhino, Rhino heel turn because Rhino gets. I did this for you. I did. You can't even get me with it. So that's what I'm gonna call. So Heath gets it now, uh, and then he's gonna completely just skip over Rhino in the tag titles. That's gonna piss, gonna piss well, maybe, Rhino. Maybe Heath eliminates Rhino as soon as he gets in. But then, but, then yeah. as long as one of the two wins, that's all that Rhino cares about. Yeah. That one of the two wins. Like, it has nothing to do. Anyway, so speaking of Eddie Edwards, uh, Eddie Edwards is going to be going one on one with the man that attacked him. Well, that's a lot of Rhino pictures. I gotta delete. Uh, there we go. Eddie Edwards and Ken Shamrock are going to be going out. <laughs> That's the first time I've seen that Ken Shamrock drawing. Um, they're going to be going at Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan. Uh, again, just been jumping Eddie Edwards. Sammy Callahan is trying to make Ken Shamrock the uh, destructing machine that he was in the past. Um, Eddie Edwards is going to take the brunt of it. Eddie Edwards is 5-1. and one. At Bound for Glory, his one loss came was to Aaron Rex. For those of you that don't speak Impact, that's Damian Sandow uh, in the inaugural Grand Slam Championship match. And I believe it was supposed to be Aaron Rex versus some guy named Drew Galloway. But I think Drew Galloway had a better opportunity somewhere else. Hmm. So, uh, John DeConti. Okay, uh, if they can keep Ken Shamrock's head together long enough for him to remember where he's supposed to be. I'm going to assume that Sammy Callahan somehow gets involved and costs Eddie Edwards the match. I'm going to go with Shamrock. Wow. All right. Ryan Joy. 
Yeah, uh, same. I like Ken Shamrock in this match. He's uh, too prideful to lose on pay-per-view. All right, Ken Shamrock is 0-1. He lost to Moose last year, Johnson. Yeah, I got I got Ken Shamrock winning, too. Wow. Maybe I'm just off tonight. I don't know. I'm going Eddie Edwards. I can say 5-1 <laughs> sticks out. He is... He won the Impact Championship at the last pay-per-view. I know they kind of just took it right off him for Eric Young, but I, man, man, either your points are going to the moon. I know, what? right? My score, as I said, that seventeen and four is just going to take it. You're going down. <laughs> <laughs> um, the X Division six-way scramble, John DeConi. Here we go. Uh, your girl Gordon Dre, uh, Jordan Grace, making her Bound for Glory debut, challenging for the X Division Championship. <laughs> Uh, Rohit Raju, Chris Bay, Trey Miguel, along with Jordan, all making their Bound for Glory debuts. Willie Mack is 1-1. One one. TJP is 0-3. Uh, but this is to be the first time he'll be competing as TJP. He used to wrestle years ago um, as his wrestler named Manic. Uh, and he's actually been in several X Division Championship matches in, in Bound for Glory history. Uh, the X Division champion is 10 and 4 all time at Battle for Glory. Uh, John DeConi, who do you got? I'm going to get you out of the way first. All right. I, 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 I want to say Rohit finds a way out of this, but I don't think so. And then I want to say Jordan wins, but I think after the last time they took a chance with putting a, a traditionally men's title on a woman, it didn't work out so great for them. So they're probably a little gun shy. Just out of nowhere, I'm going to say Trey Miguel. All right. Uh, Ryan Joy, last year, Ace Austin won a five-way ladder match to become X Division champion. Um, that also had a woman in it as well. Tessa Blanchard was actually in that X Division. This is the second year in a row um, a woman will be challenging for the X Division championship. I think uh, I think Rohit is just sneaky enough to actually come away with this. I, I'm I, with I, you. I, I gotta keep that graphic going. I like that graphic. You come true as we've documented on this show. John Smith. I'm gonna go with TJP. Any particular reason or no? Uh just because he's been like kind of not forgotten about as in this, but like he hasn't been as spotlighted as everybody else. So I feel like it's all leading up to him winning it for some reason. I don't know. All right. Um, Impact Tag Team Championships will be on the line. The Motor City Machine Guns, uh, who are 1-0 all time, who are 5-0 in 2020. Undefeated has been the key word for them. Um, they'll be uh, getting challenged by the Good Brothers, by the North, and by Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Um, NWA, TNA, Impact Tag Team Champions, all time 7-6. and six. Last year, the North... Uh, he came to the tag team championship. They beat the team of Willie Mack and Rhino, along with the team of Rob Van Dam. I'm sorry, Willie Mack and Rich Swan, and then Rob Van Dam. Uh, he was teaming with Rhino. It was a three-way tag team match. Um, I've been saying it for weeks now. My um, little official, Ace Austin, Madman Fulton. This is all building with them. John Smith. Uh, I agree. I like your style, Ryan Joy. I hate to agree, but I do. Um, primarily, primarily because I think the Good Brothers are on their way to Japan for the World Tag League. That's what I was thinking too. Like, I was actually going to bring that up uh, if that had any effect on uh, you think if the Good Brothers are going to be going overseas. Yeah. I, didn't get there. I guess guys are traveling back and forth now. John Connie. 
Yeah, I have to admit, over the last couple of weeks, you've talked me into this. And plus, I figure when uh, the Good Brothers do win it, it'll be uh, you know just a two-on-two where they'll be spotlighted in their win. So I'll go with Ace and Fulton as well. Okay. I like that we're all in agreement on that. Joe Jersey, go Jersey. So according to Moore, what was that? I said, yet they haven't won a match yet. So. No, they have, they have not. That is no better time to start than on a major pay-per-view, the biggest one in the, in the company uh, year calendar. Um, so to quote Scott Moore, uh, Moose has a match at a pretend location against an opponent that doesn't even work here, a title that he never won. How does that not make sense? It's so simple. <laughs> John Degani. Uh, I'm going to say Moose finds a way out of this one, uh, or not out of it, but finds a way to win this one uh, just so he can continue with that storyline, which they seem to, you know, be entertained with. And since EC3 is going to be perhaps doing some jumping around, I'm going to say Moose takes it. All righty. John Smith, EC3 is – Three and two all time at Bound for Glory. Both of his losses came in the main event. He lost to Matt Hardy and then again to Bobby Lashley, both for uh, the TNA championships. Moose, on the other hand, is two and three. He's the other way around. Uh, like I said, last year he defeated uh, Ken Shamrock before that he beat the Miracle Mike Bennett. You got? I got EC3 winning this one. Yeah. No reason. Yeah, <laughs> In Ring of Honor, Ryan, EC3 wants a fight, and I think that's what he's getting right here. This is what he wants to do. Yeah, I think – but I, I think EC3 is going to win this. I, I think they're going to protect him, and and he's going to be a challenger here for the world title before long. All right. I'm going to go with EC3 as well. I don't like to bet against him. So, uh, Sorry, we guys picked this up just a little bit. I spy a jersey, girl. Uh, the TNA Knockouts Championships, Impact Knockouts Championships, they're 6-6. Six and six. Um, at Bountiful Glory uh, history, they've won two in a row and four of the last six. They've got a little bit of a winning streak here. Um, this will be a Deanna Perrazzo's Bound for Glory debut, as long as as well as Kylie Ray's. Um, so this was the match I called that Slammiversary. Uh, this is the match I can't wait to see. Um, John Smith, you going Jersey? Absolutely going Jersey. What I like to hear, John Nagani. Yeah, I think uh, if. Kylie does take the title from her eventually. It'll have something to do with the fact that we've started to see angry Kylie and maybe uh, bringing back Sue Young and the two of them, you know, kind of forming some kind of click together. So I think Deanna retains here. All right. Sounds good. Ryan Joy. Yeah. What John said, I think Susie gets involved. Smiles to the finish for the victory. All right. So you go Kylie Ray on this one. All right. Cool. Um, and then the main event, after months or weeks and weeks and weeks of attacks by Eric Young on Rich Swan in his training facility and the constant updates, uh, Rich Swan came out last week saying he was cleared, he's ready to go. Uh, so the main event is going to happen. The Impact World Champion, uh, it's 5-8, and eight, not the best record uh, at all time, but they've won three of their last four, um, including last year where Brian Cage defeated Sammy Callahan. Uh, to retain the Impact Championship. John DeCani, your senior Impact correspondent, who do you got? This this might be the hardest one on the card for me because yeah. everything, everything seems lined up for Rich Swan uh, to, to take it here. I'm just not 100% uh, on board with it, but I'm going to go with Rich Swan because points. 
Okay, John Smith. Yeah, it's all been leading up to this, and I don't think Eric Young has any sort of ego that would make him want like demand to keep this title for any reason in the backstage, you know, sort of way. So, yeah, I'm going with Swan. All right, Brian Joy. Yeah, I'm on board. I think Swan's going to win this. Good feel, good moment to end the show. Crap. I got Eric Young. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got Jeff Hardy, I got Eric Young, I got Eddie Edwards. Okay, this is going to be a fun show next week. When this, uh, I just think this whole thing is centered around Eric Young. I don't think Rich Swan has done anything to, like, he got injured and then he got injured and then he got injured. Like, there's no story. With, the whole story is Eric Young. So I just figured I'll just, I'll just stick with him. Um, Got to rush this real quick. Unfortunately, uh, like I said, we're running really low on time right now. This will be the longest PWP show of all time. If that's when you, uh, when you have the PWI uh, 100 women along with two pay-per-views to pick, even though one of them was only four matches. Uh, my WrestleMania top uh, 30 countdown, we're at number 23. Um, we're going back to the women. And we're going back to WrestleMania 19. Give me Trish Stratus, give me Victoria, and give me Jazz. Oh, this match was, I don't say ahead of the time, ahead of the women's resolution, but this match at that time in 2003 when I first saw this, my jaw just hit the ground. And I watched it again today like I do all these matches just so it's fresh in my head. These, this was completely nonstop. All these women are great wrestlers, great athletes. Now, Trish is said how many years into her career now? She was a very well-established technical wrestler at this time. Uh, Stevie Richards uh, hit himself in the head with a chair, so you got your comedy routine out of him. Um, Trish hit the chick kick at the end on Victoria uh, to recapture the WWE Women's Championship. Um, this is it. This is it for the women for me. This is the highest, uh, I guess, ranked women's match I have on my list. Um, so this is my favorite women's match in WrestleMania history of all time, even – um, ahead of the Iconics and ahead of anything the horse women have ever done. Uh, Jazz was just a bad bee, man. She was a bad bleep, and she just, you know, even walking down the aisle, they are. Like, I'm going to mean this as a compliment. She's got that Mike Tyson swagger. She's got that young Mike Tyson swagger. And they said, Jazz is not somebody to screw with. Uh, next week, or I'm sorry, this Friday, make sure you check out the primetime rundown with Joby Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca. Uh, make sure you come back and see us uh, next Tuesday, the 27th, after Elias' album drops. And this is I mean, this is wedding day. Uh, guys, are we going to suit up Black Tie Affair for Rosemary and, and Johnny or Joey Bravo? <laughs> Take that as a no. All right. Uh, Ryan, you want to shoot off the uh, Body Slam Brigade? Yeah. Uh, this past week's issue was uh, kind of detailing the – the title reigns in 2020 years of John Moxley and Drew McIntyre. Um, a lot of parallels, very interesting. They're both currently 23 and 0. Um, they both had eight title defenses. So just a lot of interesting similarities. And I kind of broke that down in this week's uh, or last week's issue. This week, I am going to, um, the subject is definitely going to be Sasha and Bailey, uh, although I don't know exactly. What the full content is, um, that's going to be it. And there's a little special artistic surprise. So, subscribe. Right. So, thank you very much for chiming or uh, for joining us today. For John Smith, John DeConi, for Ryan Joy. Thank you to all of our millions and millions of Zingo subscribers on channel 198 of the I 95 Sports Networks. 
Uh, Easy Observer page on Facebook, ProWrestlingPickem.com. Uh, for Ryan Joy and MinutesToBellTime.com. Alexa Bliss, we love you. Tegan Knox, we miss you. Hope your rehab is going well. Uh, get well soon. Can't wait to see you back in the ring. Uh, I hate Lars, though. Puke emoji. Oh, I forgot. Tyler is a writer now. Make sure you check out Tyler's stuff on the Eastern Observer. Tom DeConi, take it away. Thanks for joining us. And as always, we wish you the best in all your future endeavors. Again, this episode is brought to you by Hell <laughs> <laughs>